super glad to have all of you with us today for the first week of the brand new series called Bold. Could I get all of you to boldly say bold? Bold. That wasn't bold. All of our churches, our network churches, Church Online, could I get all of you to say aloud? Everybody say bold. Bold. What I want to do today is I want to tell you about the first time when I made a commitment to become very bold in my faith in Christ. I uh, played different sports and got injured in the eighth grade, and kind of as a joke in the ninth grade, as I was recovering, I took up tennis. There was a cute girl who happened to play tennis, and I thought I'd try. Well, I actually made the team and started liking the sport, and believe it or not, after only four years of playing, I was lucky enough to get a full ride to play for um, a top-ranked national NAIA school. Uh, I was thrilled, thought I'd do well, uh, but immediately going from high school to college, I realized I was massively outclassed. I was hands down by far the worst player on the college team. I happened to be the only American on an all-Australian team, and I lost so many matches. Later on, I said to the coach, why didn't you cut me? And he said, well, honestly, you had the only car and I needed you to take the players to practice, and that's how I managed to stay on. I had the transportation, and so I really wasn't any good, but I worked hard, and in the meantime, I fell into the normal college sinful temptations, and in the middle of my sin, I started to hurt and to pray, God, if you're there, God, if this whole Jesus thing is real, I want you to change my life. And sure enough, when you pray like that, you better put on your seatbelt because God did a miraculous work in me and totally transformed me and made me new in every way. And so I just decided I'm gonna make every area of my life available to God. And one of the things, I don't even know if this was theologically correct, I didn't know any better. I just prayed, God, if you make me good at tennis, it's obvious I'm not good. If you make me good, I'll tell everybody it was you. And so I just worked harder than I ever had that summer, trained four or five hours a day. I came back the next year, decided that I'm going to make God known through whatever I can do. And so the first match of the year, uh, I knelt down by the net post and just prayed a rather long prayer. God, help me to win. You know I need you. I'm not any good. Get, help, help me be a great witness. I pray that whatever I do today would make your name well known. And sure enough, that day, I didn't cuss, which was good progress from where I came from. And not only that, but I won. And afterwards, I was like, thank you, God. And, I, and then the next match, I knelt and prayed again, and I won. And my teammates were like, that's so bold, mate and weird. And, and I just continued to pray. Well, believe it or not, I went all season long and was totally undefeated. Hadn't lost a single match. And then I went into the district finals, one match before the finals. And I was playing a guy named Jeremy, uh, a guy from South Africa who played for a university in Tulsa known as Oral Roberts University, a Christian school. Well, the year before, Jeremy cleaned my clock. He wiped me so bad, I went home crying for my mom. I'm playing him in the district finals, and I knelt down, as always, and prayed. Well, when I looked up across the court, this guy from Oral Roberts University was praying as well. I was like, crap! <laughs> I had this, you know? And so I just leaned over, and I said, well, we're going to see who's got more faith. 
me or you? And he hollered back, he said, I'm from ORU. I have more because I'm praying in tongues. I said, well, God gave me the interpretation of your tongues. And God said, you're going down. And sure enough, God was right, and he went down, and I won the title, and I walked over to my teammates, and they said, I can't believe, undefeated, you prayed every time. That was the boldest thing, to pray like that. I want to talk to you about uh, the theme of bold, and what we're going to do in the next four weeks is we're going to look at some different stories from the book of Acts. Now, if you're new to the Bible, uh, Acts is easy to find. It's in your New Testament. There's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then there's Acts. Uh, A little bit of history on Acts. Acts was written by Luke, uh, who was a medical doctor. And Luke essentially captured some of the highlights of the very first New Testament church gathering of people who believed in Jesus. And one of the dominant themes from the book of Acts is unquestionably the theme of boldness. In fact, when you look at the results, they are so bold. There's miracle, 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 miracle. And I used to ask myself, why don't we see the Acts-type miracles in our world, or at least our country today, like we did in the book of Acts? And what I believe is probably the answer is because we don't have the bold faith and bold actions that those people had that led to the bold spiritual results. So let me give you uh, a couple of definitions and then we're gonna lay a foundation today for our four week series called Bold. If you're taking notes, uh, here's my definition. What is boldness? Boldness is behavior born out of belief. Boldness is behavior born out of belief because What you believe determines how you behave. If you believe everybody's gonna criticize you, you'll behave tentatively. If you believe you're probably going to fail, uh, you're gonna venture out cautiously. If though you believe the one true Lord God is calling you, empowering you, leading you, and equipping you, you will live very boldly, why? Because boldness is behavior born out of belief. In fact, if you're taking notes, uh, the Greek word that's translated as boldness is the word parahesia. And this word, it means more than just speaking. It means outspokenness. It means assurance. It means courage. It means confidence. It means to act without fear. And I'm praying with all of my heart that God would take a church of people that may not be known or characterized uh, by boldness, but God would give us courage. God would give us an outspoken spirit. God would give us the desire to act without fearing that God would make us bold. Let me tell you where we're going in this series. Next week, we're gonna talk about bold prayers. Because honestly, most of the time I pray with people, they're praying very timid and almost passive prayers. In fact, I think God would probably say the most common prayer I hear is, God, thank you for this day. Again, okay, good, glad you're thankful. Uh, Be with us, God. Keep us safe. Give us traveling mercies. In Jesus' name, amen.
And God's probably saying, okay, give me a tough one. I'm the God of the universe. Give me something that'll push me. And we're going to look at praying bold and courageous prayers of faith. Then we're going to talk about being bold in our speech. Because when you look through Scripture over and over and over again in the book of Acts, you're going to see words like, they spoke the word of God boldly. They preached boldly. They were courageous in their example. And we're going to see people who were not afraid to speak the name of Jesus and the word of God. They weren't trying to be politically correct. Out of love, they were willing to be bold. And then we're going to look at bold obedience. And we're going to see women and men who would rather be persecuted or killed than to disobey the God who saved them through Jesus Christ. And we're gonna look at bold obedience. And I pray with all my heart that God will do a spiritual stirring in our church and we will have a boldness born out of a belief in the one true God who sent his son Jesus so we could live. Everybody say bold. bold. Say it again, bold. Let me show you some amazing boldness to get into our study. We're going to start with a guy named Peter. A lot of you will be able to relate to Peter. I know I can. Peter was a guy that was often characterized with bold intentions followed by timid actions. The stories go on and on. One of the most well-known stories of his bold intentions, uh, Peter declared boldly one time before Jesus, if all these other losers turn their back on you, I'll never do it. I'm your guy, I've got your back, I'll never deny you, I'll boldly stand by you. And before the day ended, three different times, Peter denied Christ. Once to a little schoolgirl. Bold intentions followed by timid actions. But something happened in Peter. And I pray that same something will happen in us. When Jesus died, and three days later rose again. Peter encountered Jesus, and you can read about it in John 21, when Jesus essentially said, hey, you're forgiven, it's good, you're still on the team, you're reinstated, go out, let it go, let it go, go be bold, go take care of my sheep, go take care of the people. And something like a a switch flipped inside of Peter, and all of a sudden, the guy who used to be timid and bold, he went out and stood before this huge group of people, and he preached one of the boldest messages in history. He said, you are a corrupt generation. Not politically correct. He said, you need to turn from your sins, repent in the name of Jesus Christ, and be baptized. And 3,000 people were saved on that day. And the New Testament Christian church just explodes. And Peter is bold and on fire. And they're believing God for big things. He and John are walking along one time, and they see a guy who had been lame for more than 40 years. Now, for those of you who are under the age of 40, that doesn't mean he was boring, dull, and dead. It's a lame guy. It's a lame movie. And what it means is he couldn't walk, okay? This guy for 40 years, imagine in our context, someone's been in a wheelchair for 40 years, and they walk up to this guy and say, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And he does. And all of a sudden, that action stirs all this controversy because everybody around knew this guy couldn't walk. 
And so some of the temple guards under the command of the Sanhedrin, the religious group uh, ruling of the day, sent some people out to arrest Peter and John. And they brought them and put them on trial in front of the Sanhedrin. And uh, here's what the Sanhedrin would, would do. They would actually, all the Sanhedrin in their robes would line up in this big circle and then put the people on trial in the middle to intimidate them. And they would hurl questions from all directions and then they would decide on their fate. We're, we're just gonna beat you, we're gonna imprison you, or we're gonna kill you. And so Peter and John were in the middle and one person's asked, by what name and what authority do you do these things? And here's the bold response. Acts chapter four, verse eight. Then the Bible says, Peter, filled with the what? Filled with the, the Holy Spirit. In other words, this isn't his power, but with the power of God says to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you wanna know how he was healed? Watch this boldness. Let me clearly state to all of you and all the people of Israel that he was healed by the what? He's not going to hold back. Help me, everybody. He was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. Then he's going to take the knife, stick it in, and twist it just for effect. The man that you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Now, I cannot possibly overstate how bold that was. The Sanhedrins hated Jesus. They were glad he was gone. They never wanted to hear from him again. And the foundation of their beliefs were that resurrection was impossible. They didn't believe in the resurrection from the dead. And so Peter points right at the people who have the power to kill him and says, you killed Jesus, he's back, He's raised from the dead. Essentially, he made a, a statement that it was a declaration of war. And they're like, whoa. Now, what's really interesting to me is that 2,000 years ago, what name was so controversial? The name of Jesus, right? 2,000 years later, what name brings so much controversy? The name of Jesus. Think about it. I mean, in our world today, you can be spiritually bold about all sorts of things, and it's fine. Everybody likes little God talk, little spirituality talk. It's just when you bring Jesus into it that everybody gets all freaked out. Well, let's be honest. You can go on Oprah, and you can talk about a higher power all day long. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's interesting. Oh, and God did this, and the Spirit did this, and oh, I'm a spiritual person. I've got spirituality. Oh, yeah, Ooh, huggy, huggy, cry, cry. But as soon as you say Jesus, oh, oh yeah, everything changes, doesn't it? I was asked to, to pray at a professional sporting event. And so you can pray whatever you want. Anything I want? Yes, anything you want. Anything, I can pray whatever I want. You can pray anything you want. As long as, one rule, you cannot pray in the name of Jesus. You just can't pray in the name of Jesus. Like, what name do I pray in? I don't know. You pray whatever name you want in. You can pray in his name, God's name, Lord's name, the big guy's name, his name, your name, their name. You can't pray in the name of Jesus. Why? Because there's something about that name. There's something about that name. And so Peter points right at him and says, Jesus, you killed him, he's back. And the re religious leaders couldn't believe what they were seeing. Verse 13 shows us their response. Verse 13, the members 
of the council, what were they? Would you all say it aloud? They were amazed when they saw the what? When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were what kind of men? Say it aloud. They were ordinary men with no special training in Scripture. They also recognized them as men who'd been with Jesus. For the rest of our time together, I want to let this one verse speak to us, and we're going to break it down into three bold facts that I pray will drive these truths deep within your heart. Fact number one, God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. Let's look at it again. The leaders could see that Peter and John were what kind of men? They were ordinary men with no special training in Scripture. Now, the Greek word that's translated as ordinary, it's the word idiotes. This word can mean unlearned, it can mean unschooled, it can mean ordinary, but the most literal translation for the word idiotes, if you know what it is, or you're gonna guess, go ahead and say it, it's the word idiot. Yeah, I like that. The Bible translators, they're just too polite. The most literal translation is, these guys were amazed and couldn't believe the boldness of these idiots. <laughs> Here, here's the deal. God, if, if you're like the best of the best, the brightest of brightest, God can still use you. He can, I promise you. It's just that he specializes in using idiots. He does. He loves using ordinary people. And by the way, those of you from around the world, if you ever visit my part of the world, you're going to hear this common saying. People are going to say, bless your heart. It, just, it sounds sweet and Southern. It's not. You just, it, whenever someone says, bless your heart, what they're saying is, you ain't nothing but an idiot. You just need to know that. It means you're an idiot. It, you just watch. Some girl comes in here, her clothes don't match, and they just go, well, bless her heart. Look at that. That's, that's just what it means. You need to know that. I'm trying to help you. Has anyone noticed I'm wearing something silly on my arm? Okay. I, I had an injury for a long time. The doctor said, don't go to the gym, don't play tennis. So, of course, being a guy, what do you think I did? Went to the gym and played tennis. And so it was still hurting, and, you know, I got steroid shot, another shot. Lay low, lay low. I tried, I tried. And finally, Monday night, I thought, to heck with this. I'm playing tennis. So Rodney, my single buddy who is available and at this campus, I, could help you out. If you like. We went out to play, and I took a forehand and cracked it, and when I did, I heard this pop, and I screamed. No cuss words. Rodney is my witness. The man of God did not speak a cuss word. I dropped the racket. Like, oh! And I, he's like, you're, you're out. I'm like, no, let me see if I can play. Oh, and I dropped it again, so I went into the doctor, and I actually popped the tendon off the bone, just ripped it off. So I'm on a lot of medication today. So anything that I say, <laughs> I went in the little doctor and the lady was in there and she said, no, 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 sweetheart, didn't the doctor tell you not to play? I said, yes. And did you play? I said, yes. And you ripped the tendon off your arm? I said, yes. And she said, well, bless your heart. <laughs> Ain't nothing but an idiot. <laughs> so, so here's the deal. Remember, God loves to take ordinary people and give them extraordinary boldness. He loves to take people that others overlook and give them boldness. Because a lot of you, you're going to say, okay, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm just 
not naturally bold. I'm kind of a quiet person. I'm not a seminary guy. I'm not a teacher of the Bible. You know, I'm just I'm a stay-at-home mom, or you know, I'm just a student, or you know, I'm just I'm just I'm just a dude. Man, I don't know. No, no. There are so many different ways to be bold. So many different ways. You may be in your workplace and, and everybody's gossiping. And you just say, you know what? Hey, I, because of my faith, I'm not going to be a part of this. And you walk off. And guess what you just were? You were bold. That was bold. You may be a girl and, and you love God. And all your, all your friends, let's be honest, they dress like hookers. They're going out of the town and they look like... I don't mean to be rude, but let's just be honest about the styles, okay? Half naked, you know, pump it, jump it, and then look at like, and you're, you're like, you know, I know that, look, but here's the deal. I'm going to be modest to honor God. They're like, but the styles, and we're hookers. No, 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 no. No, I'm not going to dress that way. And guess what you just were? Guess what you were? You were bold. You may be a guy, and all your buddies are chasing women and trying to, ooh, match, ooh, Josh, match, I'm a man. And you know, you know what? You know what? I'm not going to treat them like they're objects. I'm actually going to treat women like they are created in the image of God. And I'm going to honor my future wife that I have not yet met and honor my present God who calls me to different standards. And I'm not going to do that. Guess what you just were? Bold. You may be in a business deal, and you can make a lot of money on it, but you're looking at it going, you know what? I don't feel right about this. I don't think it's quite ethical. And you walk away from a very profitable business deal because of your faith. What were you? You're bold. God can take ordinary people and give them extraordinary boldness. In fact, I did something really bold this week. You you know what I did? I watched a cooking show all the way through. (laughs) I did. I did. My first one ever. And it was really cool. It was a show called Chopped. And maybe you've seen it, and if your food's not good enough, they chop you off, which I thought was awesome. It's a, it's a great way to include me in a cooking show. Chop! And there was a guy, the reason I watched it is because there was a guy named Lance from our Life Church Albany, New York campus, and he was competing on the show. And so I wanted to watch this guy. I can't tell you how many times he was a witness in this show. There was a girl that was hurting, there's the girl, and he said in the show, I want to pray for you, and he, and he prayed for her. And she got chopped, and he had told his story about how before he was God, he was mean, and God had changed his life. But at the end of the show, when he won his $10,000 that he really needed, he stopped suddenly and said, I believe God wants me to do something different with this. And he confessed before a national audience that he wanted to give her the money, and to the shock of everyone there, the judges, her, all of a sudden, he did one of the boldest things ever, and gave away his prize money, all because he felt like that's what God wanted him to do. And at the end of the show, they show this guy actually with his hands lifted up toward heaven, and the whole place is completely in tears. Because guess what? An ordinary guy took a moment to obey God and represent him on national TV. An ordinary guy made God look great. And I want you to understand that God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. Thought number two, if you're taking notes, your boldness will amaze the world. When you become spiritually bold for the glory of God, your boldness will amaze the world. Verse 13 says, the members of the council, what were they? They were, say it again, help me everybody. What were they? They were 
amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Why were they amazed? Because they knew they could kill these guys, and these guys didn't care. They're like, whoa, crazy, amazed. It's almost like, you know, I'm not sure I believe them, but I know they believe what they want or what they're saying. I'm not sure I agree, but wow, they believe it. They were amazed. They were amazed. I told you about the year that I um, managed to go undefeated. Well, uh, at the end of the year, they had this award ceremony for all the sports, the big sporting award ceremony. And I just met Amy and uh, we were invited to go and I, I knew I'd be getting an award because my parents were invited. And so I thought, I'm getting something. I had no idea that they actually were gonna give me the biggest award there. They gave me the Athlete of the Year Award. And at the end, they called me up and, and I walked up forward like, wow. And they said, Craig, is there anything you'd like to say? And I remembered, God, if you could make me better, I'll tell everybody about you. And so I said, are you sure? And they said, yeah, you can say something. And I grabbed the microphone and I preached my first sermon. It had like 73 points and it was good. And it went on and, and the more I talked, the more everybody's eyes got, they were looking around. It was so good they should have taken up an offering. I mean, I'm telling you it was church good. <laughs> And I went on and on, and, st and I started to cry about who I was as a sinful person and what God had done. And I thought, I'll never have a friend again, but I was shocked at the end. When I got through, they gave me a standing ovation, and I walked by a guy who put out his hand. He was a different sport, and I didn't know him real well, but we'd been, been at parties together, and he stuck out his hand and said, that's the boldest thing that I've ever seen in my entire life. He was amazed. Here, here's a question I want to ask you. When was the last time someone was amazed by your boldness? When was the last time someone was amazed by your boldness? In fact, I've got a little chart for you I'd love for you to look at, and I'll ask it to you this way. How amazed are people by your spiritual boldness? There's one through 10. 10 is the highest. One is they haven't been amazed in years. I want you to take a moment to ask yourself, what would you be? How amazed on a scale of one to 10. In fact, what's exciting to me is there are some people at our church, they're a nine and a 10. Jerome, I'm looking at him right now. The dude, as long as I've known him, the dude's been a nine or a 10. And I'm not talking about wacky, weird, cheesy Christian drive-by witness. Jesus loves you, bold, you know, weirdos. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is bold with integrity. The, the boldness where you're serving people faithfully in Jesus' name, where you're encouraging them, where you're, where you're living with integrity, where they look at you and say, there's something different about this person, where you're so generous with your money and your heart and your time, and, and you've served your way into people's lives, and therefore you have the, you've earned the right to say, I love you enough. Can, can I tell you about my God? I'm talking, I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people Jerome has led to Christ. He's a nine or a 10. Some of you may say, but I'm not. What do I do if I'm not? Well, that leads to point number three. If you say I'm lower than that, point number three is very important. What we need to know is spiritual boldness comes from knowing Christ. Spiritual boldness comes from knowing Christ. The, the verse is not in your notes, but it's on the screen. It's the end of verse 13 that says they also recognized these guys as men who had been with Jesus. How in the world could Peter stand in the face of possible death and declare what he did? He knew Jesus. He, he, he could be bold because he'd been with Jesus. Here's the key. You have to remember this. Boldness is not the goal. 
Knowing Jesus is the goal. Boldness is always a byproduct of knowing Jesus. When, when Jerome lives daily in God's word, when he's praying every day, God direct me, give me people to minister to, give me opportunities to show your love. When you live like that, you're directed by the spirit, you're gonna see opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to be bold, why? Because you've had time with Jesus. In fact, on your chart, on your, your notes, there's a little circle there, I, I want you to do this. By number one, put in time. Time with Jesus. When you spend time with Jesus, it leads to number two, which is faith. Uh, as your faith in Jesus grows, it leads to boldness. Write down boldness. As your boldness grows, it leads to results. When, when you see spiritual results, guess what? You spend more time with Jesus. And when you spend more time with Jesus, guess what? You get more faith and you start praying bigger prayers and you see God work, which leads to boldness, which then leads to the Acts type of results, which leads to more time with Jesus. And it goes on and on and on and on. The problem is the opposite is true as well. When you don't spend time with Jesus, you don't have much faith. You're not bold. You don't see results, and you don't want to spend much time with Jesus. And then guess what? You end up living for the lower things of this world, wondering why you're empty the whole time. Boldness. If you're a two or three or a one or five, guess what? I've got great news for you. Your upside is huge. It's huge. There is so much more God wants to use you to do and to make a difference in this world. Be encouraged. I'm telling you, you're here for a purpose. God wants to stir you up. Remember the guy I told you about at the, the, uh, the award ceremony? He wasn't a Christian, shook my hand, said that was the boldest thing I'd ever seen. I, I hadn't seen that guy for years until uh, recently I bumped into this guy. I'm like, hey, you're the guy from back in school. He goes, yeah, it's great to see you. And I looked down, and he was wearing a weird bracelet from our series Weird. And I went, are you weird? And he goes, because normal isn't working. <laughs> and I went, no way. What, what's up with that? He said, he said man, Groeschel, I remember back in school when you gave that bold speech. He said, I wanted to believe you were different because I knew how you were, but honestly, I thought it's gonna wear off. It's gotta wear off. We all thought it would wear off. He said, years and years went by and somebody invited me to Life Church. He said, the moment I walked in, I heard you saying the same thing in the same way and I realized it hadn't worn off. Jesus had truly changed you and because he changed you, I wanted him to change me. And I'm telling you, you can make a difference like that if you'll spend time with Jesus. He'll grow your faith. He'll give you boldness, and you'll see great results. What I want to say is, I refuse to be a half-hearted, lukewarm church. Let's just be the real deal. Let's just fall so in love with him that we are overflowing with the spiritual boldness of love and compassion to help people who don't know the joy of life in Christ. And if you're on the lower end of the scale, I've just got great news for you. God's got a ton of upside, and I'm gonna pray that he stir up a spirit of boldness with everyone here. Everybody praying, God, I ask that you would do a work in us that only you could do. All of our churches, those of you who would say, when I evaluate myself on that scale, I'm a one or two, or 
I'm, I'm lower than a nine. I'm, a, I, I'm somewhere lower and I wanna be higher. I really wanna know you so much that boldness is a byproduct of my relationship with you. If that's you, would you lift up your hands right now? Just be really honest, all of our churches, just lift up our hands right now. Just lift them up all over the place. God, I thank you today for those who really do want to make even a bigger difference. And I pray, God, rather than trying to be bold, we would just simply press into you. And God, that we would know your heart and that your spirit would lead us and that your word would feed us. And God, I pray that, that throughout this series that we would, we would just have a God awareness like never before. And we would see divine opportunities to share your love, to, to be bold, not for bold's sake, but because we have to be, because we know how good you are. And God, I thank you that we will be different, just like Peter was changed. God, we will be different in your presence as you help us to be bold.